change us and make us more like you at the end of today and um, help me uh, to speak your word um, and not my own opinion, but just what you have said. Uh, We love you so much. Amen. Okay, so we're going to review a little bit what we talked about last week. How many of you weren't here last week? Okay, last week we said, um, and everyone got a book, right? Yes? Okay, if you have a book, say yes. If you don't have a book, say no. Okay, you, you have one at home though. Okay, so we're good. Um, so last week we talked about abiding because that's what's on the front of your book. And um, we talked about why it's important because in John chapter 15, Jesus talks about how he is the vine and that we should abide in him. Um, Jesus says that being a Christian isn't just slapping on a label. Um, being a Christian is not about external, it's about internal. And it's about um, not just putting a name tag on that says, like, Jesus is my homeboy or whatever, um, I'm a Christian, but being transformed in so much that you find Jesus your source of life, that you abide in him, okay? And abide means to dwell, to continue to rest. Like, you're surrounded by Jesus. Your life is Jesus. He, he is where you find your life. So that's what we talked about last week. It's so important because um, if you read the devotionals, they're about fruit, Right? And he said, if you abide, you will bear fruit, guaranteed. And if you bear fruit, I know that you're mine because you're, you're becoming more like me. And so here's the question we asked ourselves. Are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we bearing fruit? Are we resting in him? Is he where we find life? Is, are we surrounded by him? And if we're not, um, it's important, right? Because eternity is at stake. Because Jesus says, those that abide in me, those that find their life in me, um, they get to be with me, you know? now in this life, but also in the next. And those that say, I don't want to be with Jesus, I want to cut myself off, um, they're cutting themselves off in this life and the next. Okay, and so it's really important, and that's why for the next 15 weeks we're going to talk about what it means to abide. Okay, and it's kind of like this. It's kind of like you and I and uh, one other person are walking through the desert, right? And we're walking through the desert, and then we, we're so thirsty, and we come over a hill and we see some trees, right? And, and we are about to die of thirst. So we know trees, there's got to be water. So we keep walking and we find an oasis, right? We find water, we find food, and we're like, oh man, we're saved. So there's three of us, right? You, me, and somebody else. And, and I say, you know what? I don't, think this, I don't think this is it. I think if we stay here, you know, we'll be fine for a little bit, but eventually we're going to need to go somewhere else. And so I just take off and I don't, I don't stay here. And you know... There's nowhere else around. We've been walking for days. There's nowhere else that we can find food. And so you're like, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay, and I'm going to eat, and I'm going to drink, and I'm going to have life. And the third guy says the same thing. He says, oh yeah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have life, and I'm going to drink and eat and be safe. But next thing you know, that guy wanders off into the desert. And you're like, I don't know what he's doing. There's nothing out there. And a couple days later, he comes stumbling back in. He's all thirsty, and he's about to die. And, he, and, and you say, why'd you, why'd you leave? You know, you said this was the place that you find life, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know it is. This is where I find, you know, life. And then he just keeps leaving. He, he doesn't, it's clear that he doesn't understand it. And that's kind of like us, right? Like, the oasis is Jesus. He's where life is found. And it's stupid to say, oh, I find life in Jesus, and then just not to do it, right? Because if you really believed it, you wouldn't leave him, right? Doesn't that make sense? That if you really believe this is where you find food and shelter and safety, you wouldn't take off for something else. And so that's like Jesus, and that's what we talked about last week. And 
This is what abide means. Abide, to stay, to continue to dwell. To dwell in Jesus like that oasis. You don't leave it. Okay? And here we go. We're going to go and we're going to read Luke 15. So that was a long intro, um, but we're going to try not to take too long. Luke 15, we're going to read a lot of verses too, but it'll go pretty quick. 568. So we've all probably heard this story before, um, but pay attention and try and listen like you've never heard it before, okay? Because sometimes we zone out and then we miss, uh, at least I do, what's really there. Okay, verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided the property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Verse 19. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him felt compassion, and ran, embraced, and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. And the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. My son was dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, and he's found. And they began to celebrate. Now, okay, we'll stop right there for now. Um, And we're going to read the rest in a minute. So first off, there's a younger son, right? There's a younger son. And and let's go to the next slide. Okay, we're going to just keep going past this slide. Okay, Um, there's two ways to live without God, to want to live without God, okay? There's two ways, and they're both in this passage. Um, Now, it's important because abiding means living within God, right? Like living and, and, and God just being your life, where you find life, he surrounds you, he's, he's everything to you, okay? And so to do that right, you have to want to do it. Does that make sense? And so there's two big ways to not want to, to do that, to live without God. Two broad categories you can go about it. The first is I'm going to call the younger brother. The younger brother. He, this is the younger guy. And what he does is he says to his dad, he says, Dad, you know, I, I wish you were dead so I could get your stuff. Will you just go ahead and give it to me now? Pretty big insult, right? And so he says that to his dad, and his dad says, all right, I'll, I'll give it to you. And he gives him uh, a third of his inheritance, okay? A third of his, all his dad's stuff, he gives it to him. So imagine that. You, you tell your dad, hey, Dad, I wish you were dead so I could have your money. Um, and your dad's like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll go to the bank, and I'll get half of everything I have, and here, here you go. And then you're like, all right. And so what he does is he jets, right? He leaves the country. He leaves his father, and he, he goes to a far land, faraway land. And you know what he does? He parties and he sleeps with prostitutes. And so this guy, he doesn't want to live the father's God in this story. Okay? Father is God. He doesn't want to live with the father. He doesn't want to live with God. And so what he does is he just 
blows him off, right? He totally doesn't try and honor God. He doesn't try to follow anything that, the, that God tells him to do. And he just, he runs away, you know? Like, these are the people that, um, they're wild, right? They, they rebel. Whenever you, you hear a command and you're like, I don't want to follow that, you know? And just immediately, like, turn and run, okay? Away from what you're supposed to be doing. That's this guy. And so he says, basically, and he's saying this to the Father, but uh, the Father's God, remember? He says, God, I don't want to be with you. I just want your things. And so what this would look like in, in our lives is if we're a younger brother, if we treat God like this guy treated his father, we would, we would say to God, you know, I don't, I'm not going to try and read the Bible. I'm not going to try and follow any of the commands. I don't care about you or the Bible. I just want what you made. I just want your things. I just want money. I want girls. I want guys. I want um, cars. I want, you know, you get it, right? And so that's the younger brother way to not want God, just to totally run as far as you can away from him and uh, not care what he says. Second way, let's, let's read verse 25, starting in verse 25. Second way to not want God in your life. Now the older son, verse 25, was in the field. <clears throat> he came and drew near to the house. He heard music and dancing. And he called out to one of the servants and he asked him what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father killed the fattened calf because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry, and he refused to go in. The father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father. Hey, look, these many years I've served you, I never disobeyed your command, yet you didn't even give me one young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes home, who's devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Okay, so the second way, first way, just totally rebel. Just run away and uh, not care about God at all. Second way to not want God in your life is the older brother. And so whereas the younger brother left the father, the older brother stays with the father. And whereas the younger brother wished the father dead, this guy's like sucking up to his father, right? He, he wants his favor. He does everything that he asks, right? He says, I never once disobeyed you. Do you guys know anyone, you know people like that, never once disobeyed? Parents probably want this, right? <laughs> parents, parents want this kid. This is type A. This kid sits in the front row and he reads the book twice before he comes to class. And you know, you know what I mean? Like follows all the rules all the time, okay? But here's the deal. Um, the older brother was, went out and uh, slept with prostitutes and uh, went to parties. The younger brother plows the fields and pays the bills. So he's, he's on task. He's type A. He's making the money. Um, that's what he says. He says he uh, was out in the field and he came back in. So he's working hard. And, and so he's upset when the, father, when the brother comes home. But we see something about his heart when the brother comes home. We see that he doesn't want the father. He's not interested in being with the father, God. Um, he just wants his stuff. Just like the younger brother. He didn't care about the father. He just wanted the father's stuff. And that's what he says, right? He's like, he says this. He says, I slay, I've been slaving for you and I followed all of your commands, but you never gave me even a goat to celebrate. He says he's been working hard so he can get more stuff, right? And he's upset when he doesn't get it. He doesn't care about being with the father any more than uh, the younger brother did. He just goes about it in a different way, right? Instead of rebelling to get what you want, he is following all the rules to get what he wants. Does that make sense? That if he does everything he's supposed to do, he gets the father's things, right? He gets just what the other brother got. 
but he gets it in a totally different way. And, and this way is a lot more deceptive, right? Because no one on the outside can see this. Okay? He, you only see it when his heart spills over into his speech. Otherwise, you would never know. And so he's standing outside. He won't even go into the party because he's so upset. Remember the girl in the video? When, when her older sister, right, she was wild and she left. And she, and he, she came back and she was upset because she'd been following all the rules. You know, she wasn't really happy that her sister came home. And this guy's not happy uh, that his brother came home. And, uh, and so you see that he can say the same thing as the older brother, as the younger brother. He can say, God, I don't want your stuff. God, I don't want you. I just want your stuff. Does that make sense? Even though he was following the rules, he just, he just wanted God's stuff too. And so let's simplify it a little bit more. This is a lot easier. Less words, right? Two ways. Older brother, younger brother. Younger brother rebels to get what he wants. The older brother follows the rules to get what he wants. The difference is uh, neither of them want God. Neither of them want to be with God. Okay? And so let's go to the next. Sin. Okay, sin. This is important. Sin is just loving anything more than God. Okay? Pretty simple definition, right? If you love something more than God, that's sin. It may not come out in your actions, you know, like the, young, like the older brother. He loves something more than God, but it didn't show. But we know that all sin is loving something more than God. Um, when you lie, you love whatever you get from that lie more than you love God. Okay? If I lie and I tell you guys I had straight A's in college, which would be a lie, um, what I love more than, than you guys, uh, what I love more than, than God is what you guys think of me, right? And that's why I'm lying. And you could go any number of ways with that. Uh, if you sneak out and disobey your parents to go to a party, what you love more than God is that party that you're sneaking out to go to or the fun you get from that party, whatever it is. But any sin can be traced back to loving something more than God. Can I get an okay if you understand that? Okay. And uh, sin is deadly, guys. Sin is super deadly. And that's what the Bible says. And it doesn't seem like it at first, does it? Does it seem like that little lie is deadly? Like one little lie? It doesn't seem that deadly. But the problem is, it's not the little lie. Uh, that is, uh, the little lie is deadly, but it shows a problem in your heart. Okay? It's like whenever uh, they listen to your heart at the doctor's office, they hear a murmur or something like that, and you're like, well, just a little, just some little sound in my heart doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Well, it shows a bigger problem, and that's what a little lie is. A little lie is a little hole that shows a bigger problem right down in your heart, okay? And, and what that problem is, you love something more than God, and that's what leads to death. The lie shows you love something more than God, and loving something more than God leads to death. You don't believe me? Still sounds crazy, doesn't it? How could loving something more than God lead to death? Here we go. David Foster Wallace, anyone? Anyone know? Okay. If you guys, when you get to college or if you have to write an essay in, in high school, I love quotes. So come to me. I'll give you some really awesome quotes. And you say, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning author. You put a quote in, you're going to get an A, right? You're going to get it. Okay, here we go. You can use this quote in your next paper because I use it all the time. Really good. So this guy pretty big guy. He explains it better than I could. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Okay. You worship, if you worship money and things, if they're where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. You're never going to feel you have enough. It's the truth. 
Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you'll always feel ugly. When time and age start showing, you're going to die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, you'll feel weak and afraid and you'll never, you'll, you will need ever more power to keep that fear at bay. Worship your intellect, being seen as smart, and you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out. Those of you guys who love music, after that concert, after that euphoric moment, you talk about it on the way home, and then all of that gives away to ringing ears and post-Christmas present blues. You have to start looking for another high, another worship experience. So worship, right, is just what you value most. You, you express uh, your enjoyment for something. And he's saying when you worship something other than God, he didn't know he was saying that, but that's what he's saying. When you worship something other than God, you, uh, you die on the inside, right? When you worship how good you look, when somebody says something and you hear it, you die a little death on the inside, right? Like you hear people say that, that killed me when he left or when that person said that, it killed me. We know what it is. We die a little bit on the inside. It hurts. Um, and that's, what, that's why sin is so deadly, because we're putting all our love and all our meaning in life somewhere where it doesn't need to be and somewhere where it can't hold it, right? And so I'm going to save you a lot of heartache if you listen to this. Uh, no guy is going to support all of, of who you are. If you expect some guy or girl, Kendrick, uh, <laughs> to love you enough to satisfy you, he's going to start to crack under the pressure. I'm serious. And you're going, to, you're going to waste that guy down to dust and he's going to leave because he's not meant to stand up under that. God loves you so much. Run to him and, and everything you get from, from a relationship is that much better. Okay, let's keep going. Sin leads to death. We get it, hopefully. Okay if we get it? Get it okay? Okay. okay. So let's keep going. Is Jesus where you find your life? That's the question, right? That is the question. And it's good news, guys. This is good news. Because this is the gospel. You've heard the term gospel, right? Gospel means good news. <clears throat> good news is, it's not, the gospel is not, ready? Hear that not. The gospel is not that the religious are in and the irreligious are out. The gospel is not the very good are in and the very bad are out. The gospel is not that the rule followers are in and the rule breakers are out. The gospel is that both the religious and the irreligious, both the very good and the very bad, both the rule breakers and the rule followers, both need to repent, both need to return to the Father. Because you and I, whether we're older brother or younger brother, we've all loved something more than God. Whether we followed the rules to get it or whether we broke all the rules to get it, we both uh, sinned. And that means we love something more than God. Here's the good news, okay? This is the best part. And you can get some amens going if you really like this part, because I do. Here we go. The best part is the father came out to both the older and the younger brother, right? With the younger brother, he, he, was, he was running back home, and the father runs out to him, and he gives him a big hug, and he says, you know, I forgive you. The son says, I don't deserve it, and he says, I forgive you anyways. Okay? If you're a younger brother, if you rebelled, if you did all these terrible things that you think God could never forgive you, uh, you're wrong, right? That's what, the, that's what this... Bible, and that's what this story says, is that God is ready to welcome you back. He's ready to throw a party if you want to come home. The angels will be singing, that's what it says earlier in this chapter, if you come home to him. And if you're the older brother type, if you follow all the rules to get what you want, he's going to come out and plead with you too, right? Like that's what the, older, that's what the father did to the, to the older brother. He was standing outside the tent. 
he didn't want to come into the party. And, and uh, what happened was the father came out and he said, hey, come into the party. All I have is yours and, and you're always with me. Come, come back in. And so the, both the older brother and the younger brother, the father pleads with him, right? He, he wants them to come back in. He's, he's inviting them back from loving things more than him. And, and Jesus is coming out to each one of you tonight, right? Like the Bible says that, I wouldn't quote, I would quote the verse to you, but we need to get going. Um, the Bible says that God set the allotted times and boundaries of the, dwell, of the dwelling place of every human being. He knew that you were going to live in the planet. He knew that you were going to come here tonight. He knew that you were going to hear this message. And he's coming to you through his word. And he's saying, if you come back to me, I'll be there with open arms to forgive. Jesus is coming to you and he's saying, I paid the cost on the cross. I paid your debt with my death. And he's waiting. And he's, he's, he's happy. And all you have to do is come back to him. And here's, if we're all there, okay? You and I and uh, every single person on the planet has loved something more than God, right? And here's what we need to do if we want to come back. The, what we learn from this story is first admit we love something more than God. That's what the older brother, that's what the younger brother did. He said, I love something more than you. And then the next thing he did is he, he saw that choosing something over God always lets him down, right? He was in there, he was in the pigsty, and he realized, this isn't satisfying. I want to go back home. And so for us, we have to first see that we love something more than God. We have to see, secondly, that God's better. And third, we have to see, well, we have to see that God's better, number three. Um, number four, we have to repent. And so what repent means is we're walking, we're, we're running towards the thing we love, and we stop, and we turn around, and we run the other direction. We, we run back to God, okay? And that's what repent means. It literally means to turn around, okay? And number five, just tell him. Tell God, hey, I love something more than you. I love something way more than you, and um, I want to ask forgiveness. I don't deserve it, and he's waiting, okay? Everyone understand those five, five steps? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing one more song. You got a challenge in your book, okay? Everyone's got a book. Um, page nine. Flip to page nine if you got your book. If you don't, you can look it up. It's under week two, and week two, your challenge this week, I'm going to give you a challenge every week. Okay, and this should be pretty easy, but I think it's good for all of us. There's three columns. Is it on page nine? Is it on page ten? Page ten. Okay, page ten, there's three columns. It says things I do, things, ways I rebel to get what I want. And I want you to write those things down. It says things I do, things, uh, times when I follow the rules to get what I want. And I want you to write those things down because you might be a mix. And it says things I do just to get close to God. And I want you to write those things down. Okay, and this is going to take you 10 minutes and I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it because what we talked tonight, what we talked about tonight was that's so important, isn't it? It's important. And, and uh, I, I care about you guys. That's why I'm telling you this. And, and uh, for you, those of you guys who did the devotions last week, did it make a difference in your life? Did, it, did you guys think more about God? Did you feel a difference? If, if you did, let's get a yes. Let's get a, like a yes, like it really meant something. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good, kind of. So this is, uh, this is important, okay? And just, and just do it. It's not that long, and I guarantee you, give me one week. Do it for one week. Do the three devotionals. Write this out, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't affect you, all right, don't do it again. But I, I promise you it will. God's Word promises you it always affects you. So... Um, we're going to sing this song. If you don't want to sing, if you just want to pray and talk to God, that's fine. If you want to talk to Jess or talk to me, um, that's fine too. 
If you have decided, you know, I want to repent, I want to turn around, um, but I need somebody to, to help me. I want, to, I want uh, somebody to text me and say, hey, have you been doing the devotionals? Hey, have, hey, have, uh, um, I haven't been praying, I need some help. Okay? Our numbers are in the back of the book, last page, and you can text us, either one of us. And so, um, let's just sing, and uh, you guys pray, do what you need to do, and that's it for this week. Nope.